sophistication, intelligence, nuance. Damon Hayhow never burdens an audience with such drudgery. So delight at this droll little bald man getting stroppy about everything. Welcome to part two of the Damon Hayhow podcast about reading blood tests for bodybuilders, weight trainers, and people training and dieting for better than average body composition. Today's discussion is going to be on the FBE, the full blood exam, the PSA, prostate-specific antigen test, and the iron studies. Now, the main thing here that sort of goes a little bit weird on on bodybuilders and is specific to us is the uh, tests that relate to a condition known as hemochromatosis, which is an iron overload disorder. Now, it is really, really common for bodybuilders and particularly steroid-using bodybuilders to show uh, the blood tests indicating hemochromatosis. The really bizarre thing that seems to be relatively unique to bodybuilders anyway is that these numbers, your your ferritin, your hemoglobin, your red blood cell count, and, and some of the others can go up and down like a yo-yo with absolutely no change to diet, training, drug use, or anything else. It's, it's a really bizarre thing that we haven't seen any kind of consistency or uh, trigger to, to causing. Furthermore, there's no uh, overt subjective symptomatic issues that anyone seems to feel um, or notice either. You get a blood test and you see these numbers are way out of range and then you get more blood tests and they tend to just fix themselves generally. Sometimes they might get worse, sometimes they then get better again, sometimes they bounce up and down, sometimes they just sit constant for ages and then all of a sudden they spike and then go back to normal. Uh, it's a very unusual thing and it seems to be very particular to bodybuilders. And no, not just steroid using bodybuilders either. We see this commonly in fully natural drug-free bodybuilders too. What does it mean? Well, it doesn't really mean anything. This is the thing. First of all, I don't know why, but in my experience, your average general practitioner seems to love getting absolutely hysterical about hemochromatosis. I don't know whether just the word sounds so cool that it gives them a hard on, or if it's because it's a condition that doesn't actually have any real risk of significant damage to the body. Um, in severe cases, you know, when you're 150 years old, yeah, sure, then then things could uh, could become problematic. But it's it's usually at a point where the rest of the body's falling apart as well. Hemochromatosis in of itself, the symptoms tend to be related to most iron disorders, fatigue, weakness, um, and, and joint pain um, tend to be sort of the, the most overt symptoms. Uh, but most bodybuilders won't be experiencing those. So what are we looking for in these, in these blood test results and, and how do we read them? Well, first of all, to see red blood cell count go high, particularly in a steroid-using bodybuilder, should be no cause of alarm whatsoever. You're probably not going to, uh, you're probably not going to die of your, your blood turning into cement and, and just stopping. Um, 
your hemoglobin levels going above 180 into the 190s is really not unusual. If it goes any higher than that, sure, there's probably a problem. Um, the ferritin level is where we see most of the action occurring in bodybuilders, and this is consistent with the fact that the the best treatment really for low ferritin is to increase protein intake. Low ferritin is something else that we've seen in bodybuilders in various cases as well, even on high protein diets. Again, no idea why. Uh, it's just something that we've seen before. It's corrected itself as well. The low ferritin does tend to come with more of the symptomology that you would expect in terms of the lethargy and the anemia style symptoms. But that might have been just the case in the very few people that we've seen it in. Anyway, on a high protein diet, like most bodybuilders are, seeing ferritin go up to five, six, seven hundred even is not actually that uncommon. Top of the range is typically 300. Some labs report about 500, but 300 is generally accepted to be sort of the top of the range for ferritin. Over a thousand is where we would be concerned that, okay, this is getting a little bit out of hand and that's definitely showing indications of hemochromatosis. You can go and get the blood test for the hemochromatosis gene. And then the treatment, if you want to do anything about it, is you give blood. It's really as simple as that. Go down to Red Cross and assuming there's nothing else wrong with you, then then uh, donate blood once a year or so. And that generally keeps everything under control. As I said, in bodybuilders, just not doing anything also seems to fix it. Uh, iron levels should be between 5 and 30 or 10 and 30. Uh, depending on the lab that you go to, generally something above 10 and certainly under 30 is where you want it to be. We've seen iron levels go up and down in bodybuilders too and doesn't really mean anything either. So the take-home short version of all of that is if you see your hemoglobin, red blood cell, ferritin or iron go out of whack, uh, don't be alarmed. It's a perfectly normal thing. In terms of the symptoms, we haven't seen anything of, of huge significance in bodybuilders, but we do frequently see this up, down, all around sort of thing. It doesn't mean that you don't have something wrong with you. It doesn't mean to ignore it, but it certainly means that when the doctor starts going absolutely hysterical about your hemochromatosis, just to not worry that much because it's really usually just not a very serious thing. Uh, next test we want to look at, which is not really related to that, is the PSA. But the PSA, the prostate-specific antigen, which is only relevant to men, if women have it, that would be unusual, um, is if your PSA is high, that does not necessarily indicate prostate cancer. What we're looking for is the, uh, the what we call the RAMP or the increase in PSA over successive tests. So if every time you get a PSA test has gone up on last time, by the time you get to the third test and it's going up and the fourth test is still going up, that's when you may want to look at it. If you get a single test out of range, generally it's a prostate infection and that can usually be confirmed in a sense or indicated by an elevated white cell count in the FBE. So the WCC in the FBE. Um, uh, 
it would surprise a lot of people how often we do see this, where you'll see a spike in PSA, usually to somewhere between 5 and 10, top of the range is 2.5, and then you see the elevated white cell count, and you go, mm, let's just have a look at another month or so, and in a month it's come back down and, uh, and down with the white cell count too. So a white cell count in the FBE is generally indicating that the body's fighting an infection. Pretty simple little indicator. Um, we have seen PSA as high as 20s, um, mid-20s on a gentleman who'd actually had two biopsies done, as in not at the same time, but gone in twice for biopsies only to find that his prostate was clean as a whistle. So the PSA is fairly criticized as not being the most reliable test in the world, but it is a good first-stage indicator of something being wrong. We have actually caught a person with early stage prostate cancer um, which was able to be treated before it became a massive problem because of the PSA exam so it's a good test to, to keep an eye on as a male a uh, PSA that is increasing over successive tests the recommendation generally is to have a DRE or a digital rectal exam where a doctor puts on the glove and sticks his finger up your backside and has a play around. It depends on your, you know, it depends on you as to whether this idea excites you or terrifies you. Personally, it's not something I've ever been interested in having done, especially considering that if there is an abnormality found, generally the next stage would be to do a ultrasound or an MRI of the prostate to see if what they felt was really something real. It is possible to just skip the whole finger up the bum uh, episode and just go straight for the scan, which if I see my PSA increasing over successive tests is exactly how I plan to handle it. And there's not really a hell of a lot more to say about the topics than that. In the next installment, I'm not actually going to be doing it as an installment of the blood test. I'm going to be talking about testosterone and the hormones. So stay tuned for that one. In the meantime, I hope this has been useful to some of you and I look forward to speaking to you real soon. The Damon Hayhow Podcast on DamonHayhow.com.